time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guess what's happening today? Bonus time live and in person with Black Crow's drummer. Best-selling new book out called Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crow. Steve Gorman. We're going to be talking to Steve in just a second. Uh, he's uh, working his uh, phone thing there. I think he's actually, uh, I thought at first Twitter, but it appears 911. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. All Things Comedy, your one-stop website for virtually anything funny. Just Google it. Trust me. All Things Comedy. We got Advice Corner, Fiery Four if we get to them. Pop Quiz. Uh, who knows what else we got. And as always, before we get to my guest, Steve Gorman, time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Medieval Knievel, the jousting daredevil. Let's go to Chet Waterhouse out in the field. Chet! What do you got for us? The World Series North American Division. Houston versus Washington. One city is the nation's most humid. The other has the most hot air. Astros Nationals. Protest-free nicknames. Wait! The National Astrologist Association is protesting both nicknames. Oh, brother. Could get cold in D.C. Temperature will be taken with a rectal thermometer. More good pitching than on Adam Carolla's pitch barge debuting on Comedy Central this winter. Meanwhile, Yankee fans still complaining like Jared Leto at a Joker Q&A. That wrap-up brought to you by the Hot Dog Ingredients Defense Council. There's mercury in your sushi. We don't hear you belly aching about that. NFL! Aaron Rodgers' perfect passer rating. He's now elevated to uber platinum. The Ravens, like a census worker with a death wish, they just keep coming at you. Rams recovering faster than Brandy Glanville at Malibu Rehab. That wrap-up brought to you by Waiting in Vain. In a long line, call Waiting in Vain and give plasma when you want. College football! Wisconsin upset worse than you at your in-laws during Thanksgiving week. Ohio State beats Northwestern 52-3, reprimanded by Melania Trump for bullying. Bama QB Tua Tagovailoa, ankle sprain with ligament damage. He was rushed to the Tuscaloosa Walgreens for treatment. Baylor remains undefeated. The football team, not the legal team. That wrap-up brought to you by, hey, look at this, Baylor University. Scandal-free for over two semesters. Golf! Japan's skin game featured Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, and Hideki Matsuyama. I wonder who the local favorite was. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1973. The place, Oakland, California. A's manager Dick Williams quits after the A's won the World Series over the New York Mets. That's how big a pain in the ass the 1973 Oakland A's were. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Eavesdroppings, the adult diaper for those unexpectedly long snooping sessions. Back to you, Chet! 
Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, great rock and roll drummer with a best-selling book out called Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. His first lawsuit over it is waiting for him when he gets back to Nashville. Please welcome Steve <laughs> Gorman. Steve, how are you today? Oh, it's a pleasure, Chet, as always. I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> We're not going to fart around. We're diving right in. This is like a whole bonus episode to have you actually here. Now, you're playing drums for a major rock band. Lifelong Dreamer was it just like a bar bet? What uh, had you had? You it, fall into this Oddly, it was both. Pillow. It was both really? a lifelong dream, and then uh, I bet you won't drop out of college and move to a city you've never been to to start a band with some strangers. Oh, and yeah. I took that bet. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go, 20, 30-some-odd years later. Man, um, so sad. Now, when you were a kid, uh, who was your favorite band? Uh, the Beatles, Ringo Starr, still my favorite drummer of all wow. time. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I imagine you get into some 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 fights over that though uh, with the I, Bonham camp. No, I mean I, I well I, you know Ringo and Bonham that's the Alpha and the Omega. If you everywhere else is in between those two. That's that's my two tent poles. That's it. But Ringo was first, so you know you can't you can't kick the king off his throne. What tree to the Beatles? Uh, my well, I had a Bee Gees album. My and first I, album. Anybody who has one of those, boom, frisbee my, that baby fr- out of <laughs> well, trying to find a rock band. That was my older brother's reaction after <laughs> listening to uh, Two Years On and Best of Bee Gees repeatedly. He goes, stop playing those records here. And he gave me uh, Meet the Beatles, Help, and Rubber Soul from his collection. Said, here, Holy listen to crap. these. And I was six. And that was that, it, it really wow. did end. Uh, the fir- I put on Help first. And I was like, cool, sounds good. Uh, Ticket to Ride, a song, Chad, I'm sure you've heard at some point. Love Ticket to Ride. Soon as it kicked in. she don't care. My baby don't care. A lot of people don't know. Uh, If it weren't for the the vocal uh, cord issues that Mm -hmm. I have, I was just born with uh, a piece of gravel. Literally got stuck in my throat. I would actually have a pretty good voice. Now, you told me this before. The gravel was actually already in the birth canal, and as you were coming through, is that true, or am I I confusing uh, you with someone else? No, no, no. That was it. My mom was standing behind one of the original uh, Dodge Chargers. There you go. uh, Neighborhood outside of Chattanooga. Boom, spun the tires, and (laughs) it was a fast food joint. You know, that was was all gravel back then. All gravel. Just bang. Uh, One went down her throat. And one went in her belly button, and the doctors aren't sure which one. Induced went. labor. Yeah. 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 That's the way they used to do it at the hospitals back then. <laughs> Just go, go out and stand out in the parking lot. Good. I interrupted you. Beatles. Uh, I, ticket to ride, I started air drumming right away. True story. Wow. I, honestly, like a bad, a like a bad movie. a old Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like... Flailing my arms, trying to make sense of what I was hearing, and that—that that was that. Was anybody medically concerned for you at the time? Because your family not a, probably not. not at that time, concerned. no. There was the old family line of at at some point, all of the tapping would lead to everybody going the bathrooms down the hall because I'm the guy sitting there just. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. Got to be a biological reason. Oh for yeah, it. there's something wrong with this kid. Tiny, <laughs> tiny bladder. Oh brother, that medical tip brought to you by Crambulance. The multi-stop paramedic bus cuts your emergency travel bill by as much as 80% with Crambulance. So uh, that draws you into it. Yeah, yeah. And then you get into, like, uh, junior high school years. What's the band you're listening to? Um, Because now it's back burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking maybe drums, but you're off to probably doing sports and crap Absolutely true. Beatles was stamped early in the DNA. I got all the Beatles albums in short order, and I I stayed there for years. When I branched out, it was it was in two directions. It was like 
I went to see that horrible uh, Sergeant Pepper's movie with the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. Oh yeah, oh boy, that's got to be some kind. Of, that's a, no need to wake Freud. No. You're in trouble there. You have the Bee Gees who oh, yeah. caused you to go to yeah, the Beatles, sure, and now they're sure. in the movie. And now it's a Bee, the Bee Gees doing Beatles songs in uh, a submarine which has torpedoes. Saw, so they're potentially <laughs> torpedoing the Beatles right in front of you. They certainly torpedoed themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody but Robert Stigwood came out of that one limping. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I saw Eric. Tony Garofalo in the studio. He's spraying them all down with xylocaine and nothing's helping. <laughs> nothing's helping. Nobody's coming out of this. First time I saw Aerosmith and then in, I, I was already oh, a fan yeah. of Earth, Wind & Fire, but I saw them in that movie. So I went off on a little bit of a rock thing with Aerosmith, but, but Earth, Wind & Fire. And around the same time, I started seeing bands like Devo and the B-52s on TV. Yeah, sure. So New Wave hit me really hard. Wow. So, so you're so, getting a lot of influence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. three pretty distinct kinds of music. Yeah, and I, I got into uh, – and then I I, 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 ident- I self-identified as the kid that likes music no one else likes. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. which gave me an identity and led me down some awful music rabbit holes. But, <laughs> well, hey, but along the way, price. I found some cool stuff too. So I was always into – you know, I would have to – I thought it was cool to have to drive from my town of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, down to Clarksville, Tennessee to find sure. a record store the that had city. Devo albums. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Last train to Clarksville. i got to go to the record store in Clark's. I'm crossing a state line to bring back That's uh, true. And back then, oh. you could get arrested for anything crossing that state line. Kentucky, Fireworks Tennessee? and Devo albums, both only in Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> That's the only place you can find <laughs> them. At the time. And then you had to hide them inside porn to get them back across the state line. They didn't want anybody listening to Devo. No, 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 no. Not a chance. That was hard. No. No, that's that's wow, not making that's any sense. Wow, that's a wicked trip. What kind of car do you have for that baby? Whatever anyone was driving me in. I, oh, I was, really? Oh, yeah, no, you're this, too is, young. this is way before I was driving. Yeah, you couldn't even get farm equipment legally. You took whatever you, <laughs> took whatever you had to to get to. No, there, there, there were plenty of exemptions for farm for farm. Every kid I knew that lived on a farm, by the way, drove yeah. to school at thirteen. Uh, yeah, by four yeah. they were driving. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I've got experience with that. You know, if that's anything like the combine, just shifted into seventh. Yeah, right. That's say say stuff like that. <laughs> if they got pulled over, the cop would say, "How old are you?" And they'd go, "62 acres of tobacco." Go ahead, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> sure. You, you grew up on a farm. You're driving early. <laughs> the lifeblood of the county. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, what was the name of the town? Hopkins, Kentucky? Hop- Hopkinsville. Hopkinsville, Which Kentucky. Which is not, but borders Hopkins County. It's not in Hopkins County. It's not County. in Hopkins County. Of it's course next not. door. No, it's Christian County. <laughs> Christian County. Christian County, Kentucky, baby. Of course baby. it is. What county isn't? <laughs> well, that's true. Let's this is actually named for a dude, but certainly also it's a noun and an adjective. So how many kids in Hopkinsville yeah. are even remotely into what you're into at this time? Uh, I knew of a few, mostly because we were friends, and I forced them to listen to this music. But sure, uh, not, sure, not sure. too many. So I never, you at any point, some kids into, I, oh, yeah, into oh, yeah. a posse. I was in eleventh grade. <laughs> The first time I ever talked to someone about actually maybe playing music with them, and they were in eighth grade. I had to go deep, deep to the bench. I had to go to the bench. Disillusionment bench. Well, it was a kid who had moved up from Atlanta. So an eighth grade Atlanta matches an eleventh grade Hopkinsville. Sure, of course, yeah. That's on. That's that's right 
on the on the wall in the Department of Education in yeah, Kentucky. That's, that's what it was. That, yeah, they got the sliding scale. Oh there. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And and uh, that schematic, oddly enough, brought to you by Pot Roast. Combine your coffee and weed jags in one piping hot mug, <laughs> only at Pot Roast. And of course, Kabroom! Explode your way through sweeping chores with Kabroom. Now, uh, uh, so then you go from there, and then you just make the leap at some point. Yeah, I got to college. I didn't. I never owned a drum kit, but I would borrow them on occasion for. I'd throw together a band to play covers with friends. That's for the a party. only uh, instrument. Probably yeah. that uh, musicians just go, hey, yeah, take it. Yeah, <laughs> like you ever tried to get a like, sax you, out of a sax player? No, no. The drum thing is like, happen. are you going to take all of it? Like in it, hoping you will, because they want some room back in their dorm room or exactly, apartment. Exactly. Yeah. Only yeah, can I borrow your drums? Only if you take all of it. Yeah. Get it out of here. Both my roommate and I have dates tonight. Take the whole kit. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, and so I would just knock around. A bunch of covers. I could fake it really well. Like, I always wanted to play, but I didn't. But I watched drummers obsessively. So the first time I started sitting at a kit, I knew what to do. You yeah, know, I, had I could, an idea. I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you got to be like one of those visual kids. Like, yeah. you watched it, and it made more sense than reading about it or studying it or anything. Yeah, I just, well, I listened to records obsessively. And I, and I really did, at a young age, think about how it was bouncing off the bass player. And I would notice, like, oh, the bass player hits all the same as the kick drum. And the you know, notes here. So you had I was thinking about all kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only thing that ever never clicked. Yeah, like, I wanted to be a good basketball player. It took years. Yeah, you know, I wanted to took be years a good to soccer player. I had to play for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took, it took, it took, yeah, it took years till I would look in the mirror and went, "Stop! Yeah, you've got you got what's called Gorman foot speed. <laughs> Let it go." Sure, the whole family. And uh, I, I, oh, that's totally a genetic. Uh, you know, I'm pointing the finger upwards at that one. Uh, yeah, you no, make but, Paul Mokeski look mobile. Oh. He was special. In, in, the right, in the right system. He was, he was. He was a weapon. Sure, yeah. He's the only guy in the league who could neutralize Dennis Autry. You just say that name and I see those old Bucks uniforms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Sidney so, Moncrief yeah. always said, no one he'd rather be in a foxhole with than Paul McKeskey. Wow, that's impressive. I just made that up. I love it, though. Uh, yeah, but uh, now, uh, and, uh, Paul Pressey. That was a heck of a lineup. Oh, yeah. With Moncrief yeah. and Pressey. And the Dan- it was crazy. Anyway, so you're playing. I'm goofing around, playing, playing, playing literally sporadically. Every few months, I'd, I'd have one rehearsal and then play at a party the, at, at like the rugby player's house, and it would just end up with <laughs> someone else on the drums and a fight, and you know, it's college sure, stuff. Well, it's rugby. But I was thinking about it all the time and and trying to get everybody I'd meet. Hey, let's be in a let's start a band. Let's start a band. And people looked at me like I was nuts. Like, yeah, I'm in college, dude. I'm about to graduate. And I'm like, so uh, didn't I, so am I? I don't care. Perfect timing. Yeah, what better time? And uh, and my friend, as it turned out, that eighth grader when I was in eleventh grade from Atlanta. Uh, years later, I'm in college. He's finally in college. He calls me one day out of the blue and goes, I'm dropping out. I'm going back to Atlanta. I'm going to start a band. you want to do it with me? And I said, yes, wow. absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And when I hung up that phone, I was done. It was it. I'm in a band in Atlanta. Don't know. I've never been there, but I'm going soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing. And we're in a band. I'm a musician, and that was it. baby. That was it. That's impressive. That uh, that little anecdote brought to you by Infinity, the titanium nightgown that lasts forever. So <laughs> so you then start to play. You're playing in Atlanta. Yeah. Get to Atlanta. With buy, this kid. Buy, buy my first kit. I'm 21 years old. Buy a kit. Me and uh, two buddies. And then on my way out of the door of Western Kentucky University, I was an RA in the dorm. I convinced a freshman to drop wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. 
You were an RA, the resident dorm at Western Kentucky. The oh, yeah. Hilltoppers yeah. trusted you with the lives of other youth. Yes, yes, they did. My which goal meant score better pot. I just meant I just wanted my own room. Uh, and if that, I had to be an goal. RA to get it, that's fine. <laughs> sure. And I, and Responsibility? I, yeah, I can fake that. And I had, I had, <laughs> I had, I had like tw- nine or ten rooms on my wing. One of which was a senior who was like the head of the campus ROTC. Oh, brother. So he didn't. You know, I didn't. I just went. You good? Cool. Like later, you got <laughs> sure, it. You yeah. got, you're, you're covered. Everyone else on my floor was a freshman. And I, I went to all their rooms like the first day. Introduced myself. <laughs> How you doing? I said, listen. I don't care what you do as long as I don't hear it. Like, because <laughs> yeah. if some if another RA busts you, it makes me look bad, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to yeah, kill that's you. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't. I do whatever you want. You can traffic coke out of here. I don't care. Just sure. make sure no one else busts you first. Right. That's right. That's and that's what and, it and before, we had uh, cameras and stuff. And it was like a that. fantastic working relationship from that moment on. Yeah, yeah. You actually brought them into the fold. But one of the kids on and, my uh, wing. Had a cover band. He was from Nashville. He'd come up to Bowling Green, Kentucky. He puts a band together, and they're doing all these covers in 1986 of, like, Smith's and Cure songs, which at that time wow. was like, yeah, wow, I didn't think too many other people listened to this music. Cutting edge, too. And then I said to him, hey, James, remember me? You're R.A.? Anyway, I'm moving to Atlanta to start a band. We need a singer. Would you, would you think you might want to do it? Because he was really good, and he played guitar, too. And he was like... Yeah, maybe I'll come down at spring break and vibe it out. And the kid just came down to Atlanta for his spring break about a month after I got there. We jammed for three days, and he goes, well, i got to go finish my second semester, but I'll be back first week of May. And he went back to school, finished, dropped out, joined us in Atlanta, and we had a band. Wow. And then and then I left that band after three gigs to join what became the Black Crows. But wow. quick quick backtrack. So this kid, James Hall, that I convinced as his RA yeah. to quit school and join and me join in a band. join a band in Atlanta. Did so. That band went on with their second drummer after I quit, got a record deal way before I did, made their first album in England, put it out, was touring, opening for Love and Rockets and stuff, and we're still drawing flies as a local band. And everyone's like, you quit the wrong he band. He screwed up. That kid, James, is still in Atlanta, still plays music. He's still a, a very busy musician. And he told me in 1987, he goes, hey, man, just heads up, my mom wants to kill you. <laughs> like she blamed me for her son dropping out of college. Well, uh, 1987. You know, and statistically, if yep. you follow the trail back, it, it is you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No. No. She's not wrong. Yeah, Twenty it, years later, in 2007, I'm at a Home Depot in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's a woman in front of me in line, and she's wearing a James Hall concert T-shirt. Great. And I looked at her, and it doesn't even occur to me. Hey, this 70 year old woman must know. And I went. I'm sorry, I, 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 I couldn't help but notice your shirt. I, I went to college with James Hall. And this woman goes, oh, really? And what's your name? 20 years. And I go, oh, uh, Steve Gorman. She goes, oh, you're Steve Gorman. Well, things certainly worked out for you. I mean, it was just right in my grill. And I was like, uh yeah, he did actually. Man, oh man, that's like a, oh. that's like a, a Detroit Red Wings hockey fan. They're going to hold a grudge a <laughs> long time. When you face somebody at no. a Home Depot, yeah, you're tough, yeah, because there's chainsaws and things within arm's reach. Oh sure, that's oh, yeah. hate. Yeah, no, they come I, right I, at you. I, I, of all the things she could have done, throwing an octopus at me was well down the list of <laughs> sure. most threatening. Sure, now and and uh, and yet she's got to be proud of her kid. Came out, well, great yeah, he's musician, doing great. making he's a living. Guy. He's, he's got it, a yeah. family. He's happy. 
That's beautiful. And he's living in Atlanta, which, incidentally, with the litany of small towns you've labeled thus far in the interview, <laughs> Atlanta had to seem like a new planet to you when you got there. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's we, a we, huge city. We moved into a house right across the street from a subway stop, from the the, uh, the MARTA stop. Yeah, sure, Candler sure. Park. And so, I, I, you know, 60 cents to get on that thing. And I would ride it every day just to ride, just because I could. I was like, oh, my God, there's a subway. <laughs> I'm like, going somewhere. <laughs> Does every city have have an amusement park woven <laughs> right into it? Yeah, it's exactly how I saw it. <laughs> sure, your Braves tickets were $3. Oh, my God. <laughs> Outfield seats at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, 1987, $3. $3 just yeah. to see Ralph Gar or whoever it was. Dale Murphy? <laughs> Dale Murphy, sure. Oh, yeah. A young Dale Murphy. At Doyle that. Alexander. Oh, my goodness. Soon to be traded for... A young up-and-comer from the Tigers organization, Johnny Smoltz. Whoa, Johnny serves. Smoltz. Oh, yeah. Whew, smoke and Smoltz. Flamethrower. Yeah, he threw it, baby. He and threw don't, it, and don't, before and, radar guns. And far more importantly, hell of an accordion player. That's when they just, we're getting back to that, but that's when they just would have a uh, highway patrolman behind home plate, and he would estimate the <laughs> that's speed. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that was about 92. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. didn't have the radar gun. Like, who could afford no. that back then? Accordion. Smoltz plays accordion. Grew up in a polka family, a family band. Wow. Polka music. True hey, story. Uh, you talk about the uh, hip-hop lyrics being edgy. How about the polka? I don't well, want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. Yeah. No, listen. It's no joke. That's out of crazy. East, you, you get out of uh, generations of Eastern European living, you're going to have some. That's, there's going to be some darkness. <laughs> yeah, there's. That's lyrical. There's an edge. <laughs> oh, man. It's yeah, an, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. The lederhosen softens it, but. it's a, Well, it's actually, it's a blunt edge, but it's thick. <laughs> it's thick. Well, that's what the Germans are. With are, repeated hammerings, are you can get for. anything cut in half. <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? Uh, that tidbit brought to you by Avalanche Buffets. It's more than all you can eat. Way more. And Asgard. <laughs> sit down anywhere worry-free with all hemp Asgard. All right, now listen to me. Uh, so then you get into Black Crows. We know all that. This is brilliant. Now you got the book out. Hard to handle. Uh, Life and Death of the Black Crows. And, and I'm going to ask you this flat out. F- is it being at the back of the band? Yeah. Is it easier to, to – did, did it help you see uh, the the collapse and the rise? And Did it help you actually visually see it? It's almost like a movie playing out in front of you. Well, on a, on a day-to-day basis, yeah. The, the infighting on stage between songs, during songs, yeah, you pick up every bit of it. You know, it's pretty, Yeah, sure, pretty you're great. just recording it at that point. Yeah, yeah, just, a, just <laughs> eating popcorn back there, pretending to play drums. <laughs> I, know, I know. I've heard rumors that something happened in New Haven. I don't know if that made the book. Uh, if it didn't, is it an anecdote you're comfortable telling? New Haven. That was the uh, yeah. There was an acoustic problem in the arena. I believe uh, my stat man Jimmy handed me some notes on this one, and apparently uh, uh, your lead singer had uh, could not hear enough feedback. Okay. From the crowd. Okay. And oh, uh, oh, oh uh, Wallingford, Connecticut. Oh, I think. maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, it was one of his great. <laughs> On the, Wallingford, you know. of course, you would yeah. remember it by the I, smallest town I do. near it. Yeah, <laughs> Wallingford. Um, no, we were, it was a people. gig where it was. It was a theater that has a. We'd already played it, and we knew for a fact, like it's just kind of a dead vibe in the room, uh, sonically, like you said. And at the end of a set, I didn't use a sound. As there's like hell, four thousand people standing and cheering. Which means, thanks for playing, guys. Like the show. Uh, wasn't still <laughs> visually enough, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah a visual yeah. guy like you could pick yeah, that. Yeah, it up. was. It was a night when Chris said. Uh, <laughs> 
he started taking he was berating the audience for not caring enough and he said because he, he said, couldn't hear he said he could only he, see he, which he didn't trust. who knows who knows <laughs> Rock, he said, rock and roll isn't dead. It was murdered. And the blood is on your hands. That's what he said to our audience. <laughs> people and, just drunk, and they, and they were throwing to... shirts back. They're booing as we're walking off stage. And I remember thinking, like, okay, if you're going to get into a car with a loudspeaker and drive out to a suburb and go through a cul-de-sac and say that, okay. Everyone's in home watching blockbuster <laughs> sure. v, you know, v, right, yeah. VHS tapes at the time instead of being out watching rock music. They're actually at the show. They, yeah, right. they bought tickets. They bought shirts. They hired babysitters. They're actually here. And made it through pretty yeah. much the whole show. They were there enjoying the it. Yeah, it was like that all the time. It was, it was never enough. And, and, and a lot of, pure, and lot of also, purity tests. A lot of purity tests going on back in the old days. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I don't imagine it um, perhaps dawned on him that the lives of his bandmates were also at stake. Uh, based on what he was saying, I just, for some reason, imagine you, cartoon-like, just standing up on that stage in Wallingford oh, yeah. and literally sidling off sideways <laughs> like a I, penguin. No, I just – I gave a wave and a smile and <laughs> – You were gone. You got to go. <laughs> I didn't come around to the front of the kit that night. I can tell you, you that. You didn't was, do the, the full band bow after that show? <laughs> we didn't – I don't think we ever did one of those until it was like – until we were 15 years in. Like when the band got you know, back together in 05, it's the first time we ever did that. That's a sign of trouble yeah. is in 15 years at the high of your powers, yeah. it was too dangerous to take a full band bow. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it was a uh, splinter. Run away, run away. Get off as fast as you can. Nobody's soloing. I don't care. Uh, all right, now uh, one of them had an intervention, right? Uh, maybe all of them had an intervention. How many interventions were there in the Black Crows? There were, well, a fi- by, by uh, like, under the international intervention and- guidelines, none. None that would be, none that could get the stamp of approval from anybody that knows what an intervention is. That's medically. A lot, a lot of conversations that went like this. Dude, you're a mess. Oh, yeah? Well, fine. You know, that yeah, go for it. A lot of arguments. Oh, yeah? Well, why don't you go fuck yourself? Okay, well, I'm just worried about you. Oh, yeah? We got a fucking weird way of showing it. Fuck you. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so what are we opening with? <laughs> that, that was sort of, yeah. That doesn't it. seem to have the support that no. most interventionists would there require. Was a, and, and by the way, uh, and not only that, it, it, but it also speaks to the fact there was a lot of times when there was great concern uh, expressed. But nobody, like when you're the guy, like say you're me and you're going, I really think we should discuss his drug use. Now, I'm on my 11th beer when I'm saying this. <laughs> sure. And I'm, like, making perfect sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. No, no I'm really worried about him. He's got a problem. Is that is that cold enough yet? Is, uh, did you put <laughs> the ice on that? I told you to ice that down. <laughs> and then, and then you're back. Rolling Rock? It's half formaldehyde. No. No, no, no. I, okay, well, I'll drink. Fuck it. I don't care. And, you know, I'm the guy saying, let's get him cleaned up. Now, what are we opening with? It was uh, yeah, Exactly. No, it was like, you know. Oh, it's seven. It's seven forty-five right now. Oh shit! <laughs> Damn. Well, no, I'll never pick mind. This up later. <laughs> Let's see. What are you doing tomorrow? Day off? Well, that's not going to happen. Let's see. Uh, yeah, no, it was over. Uh, so now, uh, now, did did you look at other drummers back then in other bands and go? Uh, 
they're only a seven on the fucked oh, the, oh, up yeah, meter. Yeah, 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 I would no. much rather be playing with that. No, every band that we ever got around for any length of time, you you can immediately pick up on. Um, okay, here's their buttons. You can you can see what they're masking. You know, because everybody puts on the hey, what's up, man? We're all cool. It's all cool. You're all happy. And and it real and you are you actually are really happy when another band shows up on tour with you because you are like well at least for a few weeks we're all going to have fun with these guys, and then and then we'll, we'll stop caring and we'll go back to tearing each other apart like the drunken wolves that we are. So, you know it it just it was just always like that. You'd see other bands and you could immediately see who's got a little weird tension, who's got this issue, who's got that. You might not know it specifically, but you can vibe it out. But that said, I would. Uh, you know, we were, hell, we did a tour with Oasis, and, yeah, and, and, and I remember thinking, "Battle of the Brothers." You could have just switched line; they could have traded oh, at sure. the trade deadline. You guys would have had the Gallagher's and probably not missed a dysfunctional. The beat. one thing they had for them that that my band didn't have was they could they could tear each other apart, and then neither one of them literally they honestly didn't care what the other guy thought. So, yeah. so it was there was there was clarity, and it was a clean. You know, they could have an argument or a fight, or they not that I ever witnessed one, but it was obvious that if one of them gave an interview ripping the other guy, they they just saw that as part of the game. They meant it, but they don't care. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. The other guy wasn't walking around going, "Well, why did he do that?" You know, in my in my sure, band, there was emotional disconnect yeah. from their very youth. Oh, very, which sure, served very, them well as well, rock and, and roll and, stars. And there's an English thing. It's nothing's precious. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> a, true, a cultural yeah. vibe. It's like yeah, when death can come from the skies at any moment, nothing is precious. It's it's very true. <laughs> and 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 plus, those guys grew up in a housing project, what yeah, we would brother. call here, yeah. in Manchester, in a, in a really bleak. Yeah, they had an incredibly bleak childhood. Wow. So there's not a lot of there's nothing. You know, when I say nothing's precious, it's a very yeah. real thing. And you're looking across the green room, yeah. going, "Man, I wish I could play drums with those guys." Oh, oh yeah, like yeah, they, <laughs> that's they, not nearly as bleak as what I'm dealing. No, They've only was, been dealing with bleak for 32 years. No, the, if you want, if you want um, a, a morass of ennui, get a bunch of middle class <laughs> kids in a band together. You know what I mean? Just to get a whole bunch of kids from the suburbs or small towns and oh, yeah. get them out there, and it's yeah, it's brutal. That's a morass. Molasses is what that is. uh, Festivals. Which one uh, did you look forward to the most? Um, The European festivals were always preferable to any American ones because the bill. But it's different now. An American festival now, the bill would be all over the place. But in the early nineties, like the first festival we ever played was Pink Pop in 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 the Netherlands, and the the lineup was like we went on at ten thirty in the morning, and on the same day it was like Aaron Neville, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nick Cave. Um, some a, 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 a European just like dance music band. It was all over wow. the place. You know, from one band to the next, it'd be an entirely different direction, and that was just awesome. Festivals in the nineties in the states were generally much more streamlined. Like right, this is right. a rock festival. This is this, and so. But we did Pink Pop in a couple times. We did Glastonbury in England a few times. There's That's some great, a oh huge, yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, we did that with Oasis in '95. Those are always great because you'd have. You have Sinead O'Connor and then and then us and then Def Leppard, you know, or whatever. It was like this is cool, you know. And then right. and then you'd have Living Color and the Jayhawks, Twin wow. Cities, very yeah, own the sure. Jayhawks. Yeah, and yeah. then um, you know, uh, there was just a there was just a really good and and, uh, and there's a thing. My band had a thing for sure. When we were in Europe, we we got along better. We got along with other bands better. It was like there was no turf. 
to protect. Oh, interesting. There was a thing, you know. Nothing but to piss on. Yeah, we're in New York. It's like, this is my corner, bitch. You know, it's like, no, it's, what are we doing? You know, and I look back and go, what was wrong with us? Like, yeah. we, we were real, real easy to get. If we had passports in our pockets, we were happy. You know, if we were back sure. home, it was like, mm. Yeah, brother, that's rough. Now, you personally, uh, what athlete do you uh, compare yourself to? Because I got one in my head for you. But uh, who Ooh, do you boy. think you, uh, you identify with? Well, you know what like athlete that you look at, even your career, your style, or anything? It seems like well, for the band, I used to say we're like the uh, the seventies Dutch national football team, the soccer team of the seventies. <laughs> That's deep. Best team in the world never won a World Cup. Too, too dysfunctional. The, the, yeah, truly. Yeah, they were they they re, they, they 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 invented total football. They changed the way people looked at the at the concept of team football. Came up short in both the seventy four and seventy eight World Cups. Lost yeah, in the boy. final both times. Greatness without the glory. That, that's what I always thought the Greatness Black Crows Greatness without were. the glory. That's the Black Crows. <laughs> now, great... me personally, um, you know, it would be a bit of a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I'll, I'll actually take this question seriously and try to give you an answer. Hey, hey, that's, why start I played, now? But... I, played, I played sweeper in soccer. I, I actually, uh, I, at 6'1", I'm now 6'3", but 6'1", in high school, played center on my oh, basketball smokes. team. You stuck out like a sore thumb. At and, uh, like a small, small little thumb. Uh no, there's some size, just not at my school. I went to a really small school. So, um, no, I, I always approached my role as the drummer like like the sweeper or like the center. It's like I'm protecting the rim. I'm getting all the rebounds. I'm hitting the outlet passes. You guys go dunk and shoot three-pointers. Right, right, right. You know, that, I was just – You're dishing. My whole thing Setting was – Setting up and dishing. I didn't have the luxury of ever being able to fuck up. Like, yeah. I got I to gotta hit that one every single time because everybody else – Oftentimes, and this is not a knock on the guys in my band, but there were several of my band members who were tremendous virtuoso players, and they just go out. And it's yeah. like, and if I go out, then we're all fucked. And uh, it's and like, you know, there's just, just an that, Ornette that, Coleman free jazz. That whole thing of just, it's got to, the center has to hold. Yeah, even the and Dutch so, don't want to hear that. So that was me. Now, I was not Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I'm not going to say I was Bill Russell, but I was. Uh, uh, Wes Unseld. Uh, I'll go the baby yeah, bull yeah, all day long. Yeah, you can throw that weight I, around, I, baby. I, I will absolutely take the baby bull. I like uh, I like uh, the Wes Unseld of rock and roll. Yeah, I like Ray Floyd too because uh, uh, you you had some highs younger, and then you survived a big weird stretch of dysfunction in mm-hmm. the middle where you were smoking and drinking and stuff, <laughs> and then uh, you had a great uh, late career high notes. Yeah, I'll take it. Which was a definite uh, kind of rate and a bit of a smart ass he was. He is, he is, uh, now, yeah, uh, before we get into the sports stuff, uh, I'm going to guess, but uh, let's try you first <laughs> because it's, it's you, <laughs> your life. Uh, perfectionist or more of a let it happen guy? Uh, I'd say a, an unhealthy combination of both at times. Well, that's, um, I, what's I, healthier I, than that? I love the vibe. I love letting things happen. But I'm a perfectionist after the point. Like when I screw something up, I'm not sleeping that night. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, for God's sakes, <laughs> um, I'm here to do one thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, because you know, the, in the context of a rock and roll band or the Black Crows, keeping your shit together, it's a low bar. <laughs> The, it's a real yeah. low bar, like I said. Like uh, when I say let's be adults, I'm talking about like the loosest possible definition. And a half. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the one thing adult. I could, I, the, the one thing I should be able to do is get up and play a show where. And it's this. This stemmed from the fact that I didn't really start playing until I was 21, so sure. I was behind the gun. Right, right, right. And my whole thing was always, okay, I might not be great, but if I'm not bad. 
I'm I'm well ahead of the curve, you know, because you see local bands and the drummer's trying to do something incredible, too much, but he can't find the one, yeah, and the whole song falls apart for four beats or, or a half a bar even, and then you're yeah. like, oh, okay, they're back, but I was like, I just don't want any of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my whole thing was the boat might not go very fast, but there's no fucking holes in it, you that's know, like that. I I started from that mentality. <laughs> I didn't play a fill till like my eleventh gig. <laughs> Smart. I could I could have done sure. and, I, and I didn't even like to hit crash cymbals. It was like give me a hi hat and a ride and a kick and a snare and let's play some shows. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, Bernard and, and, Purdy kind of did if the you same wanna, thing. If he you had like make, four fills and he yeah. just used those. That was it. If you want to make a lot of guitar players happy, never play fills because they're just like this is great. <laughs> I like this guy. I don't have to worry. My right hand doesn't matter what it does. <laughs> I'm always in time with this guy. That rock and roll tip. Don't Play Phil's brought to you by Flantastic, the best vending machine flan ever, and the threesome. Penvelopes, the envelope that writes its own address. Envelopes, the envelopes made from organic egg whites and Zenvelopes. Send your bad feelings far, far away with Zenvelopes. <laughs> I got a bona fide big time rock and roll drummer with me. Time for advice corner. Yeah. Actual takeaway from the great Steve Gorman of the Black Crows. Pick up his book. It's called Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crows. I'm going to ask you like five questions because there's a kid like you out there in Hopkinsville uh, somewhere, or the Hopkinsville of his state. Sure. And thinking, hey, maybe I can do this. I'll, oh, yeah. I banged around on the trash cans. It sounded happy. Halfway decent. Let's see if we can help him out. Uh, best thing to avoid when doing a drum solo? The solo. The solo. Just to play songs. <laughs> play uh, Perfect. Play songs. Quickest way to piss off your lead singer, if you ever have to. The quickest way to piss off a lead singer is to stop reading his mind. <laughs> you're so, supposed to read his mind. So instantly you're pissing so, him off. So, you know, this is for your own protection. Just realize it ain't you. <laughs> That's smart. All you are is a you're, you're just in the way of, yeah. of of rage that's coming out regardless. Sure, sure. you are just uh, yeah. You, yeah. You're in the blast zone of the narcissism. There was a there. It wasn't long before we used to have band conversations where we'd go, well, when he spins around, fucking angry about something. If you're looking at him and just go, yeah, man, like you're getting it. Like <laughs> it, 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 he'll keep looking for the guy that he wants to get mad at. <laughs> Oh, I had that one figured out early. I'd be like, right on, man. Or, yeah. And he'd, oh, okay. I guess it's not him. Who is it? Bass player's looking down. What the fuck? <laughs> so a little acting, a little improv can't oh, yeah. hurt you. Conversations were going on all the time back then. Like, what's wrong with him? Stop. Just smile at him. I tell him he's doing great. <laughs> Who always has the best marijuana on tour? Tour manager. Tour manager. That's his job. If, if you're doing it right. City with the fondest memories. Oh, boy. How about, uh, as far as gigs go, Glasgow, Scotland. Best crowds, always, wow. yeah, without yeah. question. Best beer, too. We've talked about the artistic, this is the last one, about artistic advice. Essentially, just groove, just play, yeah, just yeah, hit yeah. the back Feel, beat. feel, 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 feel. What's your best business advice to a young, young kid getting into business now? Don't change a single thing about the way you live. Just pack it all away, baby. Really? I, well, yeah. I mean, if you do come into a job where if, you, if your bills are – if you're paying your bills playing music, you've already won. Yeah. Because yeah, you're ahead true. of 99.9% of everybody that ever picked up that instrument. If you're literally just qu- – if you've quit your job and you're covering all your bills, you are in the winner's circle. Yeah. Now, if more money starts to come in, 
As long as you can just stay at the level you're living here and pat it away and pat it away and pat it away. Yeah. And it's boring advice and it doesn't sound cool. And people told me this in 1990 and I went, yeah, whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes all the sense in the world. Because also in a band like the Black Crows, there was constant um, – there was a lot of verbiage about artistic integrity. And, and the purity of why we did what we did. And and some of it was very real, and a whole lot of it was a bunch of horse shit that sounded good. And the, the simple fact is the band was set up in a position early on to where we would have never had to do anything we didn't want to do. And if everybody had just been sensible financially and lived at a level that they could immediately know, well, I'm, I can live like this and be fine forever – Instead of just spending all of their money, then we wouldn't have ever had to do things because we needed money. Right. You yeah. know, we, we were one of those rare bands that could have said, uh, hey, guys, let's all just – we're good. Like we're, we're, we're conceivably all going to make enough money before 30 where if everyone just – go get an, an apartment and get a decent car and like be smart. But then just yeah. sock it away and then we never have to do shit for money because everyone knows they're going to be covered. But it wasn't that way. There was way too many – expensive cars to be bought and nice yeah. houses and all that shit. And I'm as guilty of that too. I'm saying none of we didn't have that sort of thing like oh yeah and then, and then I'm the guy that bought a Range Rover and then felt like an <laughs> asshole. I didn't even enjoy it. I was driving around like I'm a dick. Well, there's always a couple of wild ferrets in the group. That advice corner brought to you by Waiting in Vain. In a long line, call Waiting in Vain and give plasma when you want. <laughs> And talcoholics get addicted to dryness with talcoholics. Oh. Now it's time for the fiery four. Let's rip through these steel. The Steve Gorman with me, former drummer of the Black Crows. Get his book hard to handle. These are sports takes so hot, David Lee Roth will think they're about him. <laughs> Fire number one. NBA China controversy. Did the NBA wuss out for corporate bucks or what the hell's going on there? Uh, if you were under the impression that the NBA wasn't all about the money before, <laughs> you wake the fuck up. Fire number two. Should Carolina move off Cam Newton? Should the Panthers? Yeah, they're yes, four of course. Well, do you want to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, that's the key. And what about is, this, is he going to lead you to a Super Bowl? Are my Tennessee Titans going to win a Super Bowl with Marcus Mariota? No, no, no. So yeah, time to move off. Fire number three. The college transfer portal is less understood than an actual time travel porter. <laughs> Do you like it? No. You don't I mean, like it. I mean, it's everything, a mess. It's a, it, the NCAA is the it's they, they make FIFA look like good guys. <laughs> That's hard to do. And finally, fire number four. What sport is more messed up than the Black Crows? Oh boy. Uh, or I is there I, a sport? I you know I hear stories, I hear rumblings that the behind the scenes Gaelic football is a total shit show. <laughs> shit show. But but that's you know you, you get you get a you get a field that big, yeah. And then you get twenty two drunken Irishmen and hand them a stick and a ball yeah. that they can kick or bounce or throw. Uh, I still can't make sense of the game. I don't think they know what the game is. And apparently, it, everybody, you know, the touts are selling. To, it's all everything. The fix is in. Sure. Gaelic football rotten to the core. Uh, well, wait till they get TV revenue in that sport. That fiery four brought to you by Abracadabra, the magical man bra. And one of my <laughs> oldest sponsors, Knitways Expandabelt Funnel Pants. Pour any belly into a pair of Knitways. Now, if you got a pop quiz for me, if you can think of three quick uh, uh, questions, they got to have the factual answers to actual trivia. It could be food, could be geography, could be music. We've been talking music. Could be sports. Could be Hopkinsville, Tennessee. 
any of that, we got a little theme song here. Let's try it or play. I don't think we had this the last time we wow. did. Here, listen to this. Pop quiz. Let's see Chris Robinson try to do something with that. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> well, you'd never hear it the same way twice. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, three questions. Wow. Quiz. Uh, okay, so they, but they have to have a factual yeah, answer. Like trivia. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Um, you okay. Can go number straight one. To Michigan, if you want. Number one. Uh, who's the oldest Beatle? Uh, uh, I mean, if they were all alive. Yeah. Who was who born first? Uh, John. No, sir. Ringo Starr. Wow. October nineteen forty. Man, he's holding up great. I'm sorry. That was John was October. Ringo was July seventh, nineteen forty. That's impressive. All right, I'm old. Seventy nine years old as we sit here. Wow. Uh, peace and love. Peace and love. Doing what peace and love apparently does more than just pay the bills. Hold on to him. She's kind of got a toehold. Okay, there. there is a factual answer to this. Who's the best James Bond ever? The best James Bond ever's got to be Sean Connery. That's exactly no right. That is a, that's an official answer. Oh yeah, that, no, that, there's a, there's a, there's a mathematical equation. Oh yeah, and, and it comes out Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah very good answer. And then Ooh, second, one and uh, one. Third. Here's, okay. here's here's the rubber question. Here it is, the rubber question. Okay, here is the question. What is the oldest established democracy in South America? The oldest established democracy still, in South yeah, America. Who got there first, and who's been up and running the longest? I'm going to go Ecuador. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say you're right, sir. Congratulations. Well, we're going with two and one. Yeah, let's do it. Two yeah, and one. Come on, man. It beats uh, it beats talking to some uh, some uh, rubbish PR guy from Oasis. That's exactly right. <laughs> In a bad green room. That pop quiz brought to you by, oh, this is a new sponsor, Prosecuties, the cutest lawyers in town. My guest today, the great Steve Gorman. Follow Steve on Twitter at SGS Fox. Buy his best-selling new book, Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crows. Now listen to me. Nobody wants your lazy $40 iTunes gift card this Christmas. Go out and buy this rock and roll classic book, Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crows. You will be a hero across the board at the holidays. As I like to say, if it's too big for the stockings you're going to stuff, get bigger stockings. Yes, exactly. Fill those stockings with books, people. That's what I say to all my women, too. Steve, thank you so much for coming in today. Always a pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse. Follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Visit JeffCesario.com for upcoming dates and all that kind of stuff. Hey, his album's coming out on 800-pound gorilla. Uh, looks like this November or so. And support my sponsor, All Things Comedy. Hit that website, All Things Comedy, and knock yourself out. If you want more of me this weekend, Steve-O and everybody, I'm calling the three-piece suit rodeo at the Palindrome in Anina, Nebraska. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.